Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Berquist, your host today of Women Leading the Way, and we have a fabulous leading lady today who, I have to say, just full disclosure, um, is just coming off of our National Women of Influence Awards and was recognized as one of our finalists for the Lifetime Legacy Award, which means basically in a nutshell, she's doing some amazing things. So I am delighted um, that our topic today is the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, or what I think we call PANCAN, and you. And our leading lady today is the amazing, the wonderful, and the stupendous, if I can go like that. I want to hear her laugh. So I want to introduce Julie Fleshman, who is the president and CEO of PANCAN, which is the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. So Julie, say hello to all of our listeners and welcome. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you, Michelle, for those very um, warm and, and wonderful words. I appreciate it. There you go. It needs to be warm because here in Southern California, we don't. We, it got cold for us yesterday, but to the rest of the world, we're, we're weenies because we can't handle the cold. But welcome to the show, and, you know, I'm dying for our listeners to know, you know, just a little bit more about what, you know, and again, briefly, but what is, you know, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network? I know it does amazing things, and I'd love for our listeners to hear what the mission and purpose is of your organization. So, yes, yeah, so um, as you said, the, the, the official name is Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, but we call it PANCAN. And PANCAN's vision really is to create a world in which all pancreatic cancer patients will thrive. Uh, we're a nonprofit patient advocacy organization um, serving the entire United States. Um, and we have a comprehensive approach to fighting pancreatic cancer. We're funding research. We're providing patient services. We're doing government advocacy work in Washington, D.C. And we're raising awareness and visibility across the country through all of our amazing volunteers and supporters. So, um, you know, our ultimate wow. goal is to change outcomes for patients. And it's, I guess it's interesting that specifically for pancreatic cancer, I know before the show, you know, you and I were just kind of chatting, and it's like my um, father-in-law passed away from pancreatic cancer. And it was just, I mean, I know every cancer is heart-wrenching, but watching the stages of pancreatic cancer on an individual was really hard. I mean, how did you, I'm going to ask you, like, how did you get involved in the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network? Those are a lot of words to say. I'm going to say pancan from now on. How did you get involved with it? Yeah, so um, 22 years ago now, hard to believe, um, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. He was 52 mm. years old, and he died four months later. And we really, then we were given no options. We were given no hope. 
and I was mad. I, I really had never heard of pancreatic cancer at the time. I couldn't understand why there was nothing that could be done for my father. Um, and of course, you know, unfortunately, after he died, I learned a lot more uh, about the disease. And, and pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest cancers. Uh, the five-year, the current five-year survival rate is only 10%. So it's a disease where we need to make a lot of progress. Um, and after my dad died, I, um, you know, did some searching to find out why is nothing being done about this and stumbled yeah. upon a very newly formed organization at the time called CanCan um, and ended up sort of one thing led to another. And I ended up being hired as the very first employee back in 2000. So over 20 oh, you years were number ago, one? you were employee number, number one. one. You were the first. Wow. Yes. Well, yes. and I'm sure your passion your passion just kind of, you know, kind of like follows along with you because that's an amazing story. I'm dying to know, what did you do before you were with PanCan? So were you in the nonprofit world before that, or was PanCan your first experience with the nonprofit organization? Yeah, my journey is probably a little different than most. Um, I was actually, um, prior to joining CanCan, I was getting a JD MBA degree, so my law degree and an MBA, and literally was graduating at about from that dual degree at about the same time that my um, father was diagnosed and passed away. And so it was just sort of, you know, very weird coincidence wow. and serendipity that I found this organization right at that moment. You know, point and they wanted to hire me as their first employee. Um, you know, at the time it was just this very small little startup organization, and I was given this amazing opportunity as you know a young professional um, to to come on board and do something that I was extremely passionate about. I can only imagine the passion. Were you brought? Now let's talk. Twenty-two years is a lot. Wow. I mean, obviously you <laughs> built and. Um, dealt with a lot in 22 years. Did you start out as the executive director or what was your role and what has your leadership journey been like, if you can share with everybody? Yeah, my, my original title um, back in 2000 was executive director um, and I was appointed as president and CEO about four years later. Um, I'm not sure the job was so different, um, you know, that the title changed um, <laughs> as the organization grew and, um, you know, I worked with our board of directors and, and um, you know, the, the organization started to raise more dollars. Um, but, you know, my... Um, I've done a lot of learning in the role, especially in the early years, maybe not so much anymore, but in, in the early years, um, I think my educational background um, certainly was, was helpful, both from a legal perspective as well as from, as from a business perspective. Um, and then ultimately, you know, really needing to learn, quite frankly, um, the health industry, um, where cancer falls in that, how the cancer industry works, who are the stakeholders, um, and then how does an organization like ours fit into that sort of ecosystem, and what role can we play to really accelerate the rate, rate of progress for patients? Wow. So it's been, and I it's do been want exciting. Our listeners... It's been challenging. Oh. 
I can. I want to get into some of those because I can only imagine because I want our listeners to know that you started as a staff of one and you shared revenues were about two hundred twenty-eight thousand, and now you're at a staff of one fifty with a budget of more than forty million. I mean, that is like incredible. That to me is one of the reasons why you were recognized as a finalist for our Lifetime Legacy Award because that is incredible to not have you know that nonprofit experience. I mean, what would you? I guess, you know, this is something for all of our listeners, Judy, Judy, I'm so sorry, Julie, how, what do you feel like think or maybe kind of the instrumental things you did or have done as a leader that have gotten you to where you are today? Because I know every leader has a journey and as a lifetime legacy finalist um, recipient, I'm just curious what you feel have really been your keys to success as a leader because that's impressive. Um, Just wow. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, I think um, understanding where we wanted to go and having a vision obviously is really important, and then building and executing a strategy and a plan to get there, and knowing, especially in cancer research, that you're not going to get there overnight, that things take time, um, and really being willing to take risks. Um, PanCan is an organization, our culture, we're a risk taker. If, you know, we continue to do the status quo, that is not going to change outcomes for patients. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, my willingness to be, be willing to take risks um, and to, to collaborate. This is an industry where there are a lot of stakeholders from pharmaceutical companies to the academic medical institutions, the researchers, the healthcare professionals, the patients, you know, and then the supporters, donors, volunteers. Um, and so, you know, we really act as sort of, I feel like, the, the hub and the spoke of a wheel, bringing all of those stakeholders together. And so really having a willingness to listen to to communicate, to create a vision for everyone so that people want to come along. They want to be a part of it, and they want to see and be a part of the success that, that we are creating. Um, and, you you know, I've, I've, over the years, as you work with different stakeholders and you have different experiences, continue to learn how to be better at that um, and how to really make people feel like they have a place in our PanCan family, that without them that we couldn't do this so that we can keep and retain yeah. them and also bring in new people, you know, as we go along. And I would imagine, I mean, you know, again, I, I do want to touch a little bit on, you know, just your experience as a nonprofit through COVID, which we'll get to. But for you as a leader, I mean, and not having nonprofit experience, what was the fundraising kind of learning like because that that is the heart and soul to a nonprofit did you just take classes did you find that this was just natural people relationship skills and you found a, a great secret sauce or did you just hire the best and find those that took that on I'm curious what because that's such a core piece to nonprofit um, yeah I mean organization. Again, I think you know yeah, absolutely. You know, I, when I reflect back, um, one of the most critical things in order to raise money is to have a really, really strong program. So what are we actually selling? What are we raising money for? And so I think the strength mm-hmm. of PanCan from the early days has always been putting these, um, you know, uh, important programs in place that we're either trying to solve and accelerate research or providing services to patients. 
and making it very clear what those programs were doing, what they were trying to achieve, and how then, you know, constituents and supporters could help us make those things possible. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of think about it differently when I talk to other leaders. I think a lot of people think about you build the fundraising and then you sort of put the programs in place. And I think about it, the office programs in place. Um, and you go out and you raise money for it. And, and that, you know, philosophy has, has been successful. The other thing that I always feel very lucky that sort of from day one, because people, because this disease is so um, sort of heart-wrenching, right? You know, patients are mm -hmm, diagnosed, mm -hmm. they, they, they die fairly quickly, um, especially, you know, 20, 20 years ago when there weren't a lot of options and things to, to provide to patients. And so family members were, are mad. They were mad just like I was. And they want to do something to change this. They want to get involved. And we had PanCan, we provided options to people for how they could help how they could support us, how they could raise money in their communities. And really building that grassroots network in the early days was the success of our fundraising. Um, absolutely, I would say number one was, was the grassroots. And then at the time, you know, it's much more structured now, and there's lots of rules and things today, right. but 20 years ago, right, it was much, it was much more flexible, um, and, and people could do what was important to them and their communities to help us raise money. And that really built, you know, a, a network of people that were committed PanCan and what we were doing, and many of them are still involved, you know, today, 10, 20 years later. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You know, I have so many questions I want to ask you, so I'm going to ask you to hold tight um, to our listeners. I, we're going to take a quick little sponsor break here, uh, and then I'll be right back, Julie. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Okay, Julie, I'm back to you, and we're talking about PanCan, which is a pancreatic cancer action network, along with you as the top dog and leader of PanCan. And, you know, some people are like, I'm so tired of talking about this, and yet, you know, there's been so many amazing stories that have come out of COVID, along with the, you know, sadness of so many people, you know, being impacted right, by the coronavirus. And I'm curious with you, because I know for our organization as an association who are in the meeting and the event industry, we took a huge hit, right, when COVID hit. And I'm curious, you know, for you as a nonprofit organization that relies on donors and fundraising, and I don't know, do you, you know, for events or fundraising events, what kind of impact did COVID make on you and your organization? And how did you, which again, we probably hate this word right now, but how did you pivot or navigate and get through it? Because you're here, you're standing, you're doing amazing things. I'm just curious how you kind of dealt and navigated with COVID as a nonprofit organization. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the, we could all probably write books about the last two years yeah. and what, you know, we all had to do um, sort of in this moment. Um, I feel like it was a moment for, for all leaders. It to was a moment, how, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, several different things. I mean, from, on the fun, from a fundraising perspective, PanCan's number one fundraising um, uh, revenue stream is our in-person walk events that happen all across the country. We have 59 walks that we call Purple Stride um, that raised um, pre-pandemic about 40% of our revenue. And so obviously we could not have in-person walks. We um, you know, move right. those very quickly to virtual events, um, which definitely did not raise. We still did pretty well for virtual walks, but certainly did not raise at the same level that they had, you know, as in-person events. And so, you know, we, I always say, I sort of, when I look back, I say we planned for the very worst. Um, we, you know, reduced our expenses. We reduced our expectations for what we were going to bring in, um, you know, and I'm really proud because of our amazing donors and supporters that we did far better um, than, than what we had expected. Um, while the walks were down, our other areas of fundraising actually um, increased and, and did better. And so wow. I think a lot of that was because of, you know, committed donors that, again, were um, – feel that they are a part of PanCan and that they knew that this was their moment that they needed to step up, that they, you know, I feel like a lot of people around the country who could understood that this was a moment where they needed to, you know, we needed them to raise their hands and we needed them to um, help the the causes and the organizations that, that were important to them. And so PanCan supporters absolutely did that. So I feel very, I very that. lucky from that perspective and did you did you find that you changed the message even though it sounds like you were quick to um again i hate the word but it's like we use it all the time now right it's like oh if i have to pivot anymore i think i'm i'm gonna lose my mind but pivot was what it was it sounds like you did that quite quickly to go to the virtual side of things which we did as well but did you change then your messaging to your donors to really be more heart focused and heart centered about how important it is now more than ever to continue with the donations or what was that? I mean, was that like kind of like by a big old group meeting or did you just instinctively go into pivot mode? With yeah, I mean, I give a, a tremendous amount of credit to my team who just everybody, you know, from, from, you know, regardless of the role, whether someone receptionist or working in the mail room to, you know, the executives, everybody, sort of stepped up and said, okay, we've, we've got to behave differently. Um, we're in a different environment mm -hmm. now, um, and, and, and we need to work in a different way. And so, you know, I, I'll use the example. Our patient services program was probably one of the things that I was most concerned about. We have a, a call center for patients and families. They call in. They get connected to one of our case managers. We have 23 case managers. We, we take in a, a very high volume of contacts and calls from patients and families, providing them with comprehensive information, you know, so they can make informed decisions about their care. And that program was 100% in our office in Manhattan Beach. All of the, you know, case managers had desktops. They did not have laptops. They were oh. using, you know, old-fashioned telephones. Um, we did not have a, a, you know, phone system that was in the cloud. 
So um, we had oh, to pivot, wow. I mean, very quickly to move those people to their homes and then provide them with all of the tools that they needed so that they could still, you know, function and, and do their roles. And, and I will tell you, we did not have one down day. There was not one phone call wow. or patient or family member that we were not able to help. And so I'm, it's like one of the things I'm most proud of, of our staff for being flexible, for helping us you know, ordering 30 laptops at the end of March 2020 was a feat in and of itself um, because of the demand for those kinds of products. Yeah. So that, and then the phone system you know, as well, the, right? I mean, you said yeah, the phone, the phone system, system too had to go to – Yeah. So. We had to work on that, and you can't send people to, you know, or we weren't going to send people to our employees' personal cell phone numbers and give out, pers- you know, so all of it had to be in a way that kept our employees and confidentiality and privacy and kept them safe, but also allowed them to be able to, um, you know, obviously speak to constituents. So. Again, the team yeah. just moved so rapidly, and I, I, you know, you know, when I think. Pancam's culture ultimately is a place where um, the status quo is not okay, um, that we need to take risks in order to fight this very deadly and challenging disease, and um, that we set really aggressive goals. And so I think that that was already our culture. That was already the way we behaved. And so COVID gave us a new set of challenges, but, but we went into it with the right mindset because that was already how we worked. Um, and I think that's oh. why we were able to pivot and, and be successful. I, can I just tell you, I know we're all so tired of talking, and we're still dealing with it, right? Here we are in the end of 2021, and we're still dealing with yet another variant to COVID. But I think what <laughs> is amazing to me on any of the leaders, or including what we experienced, right, as an association, like, I mean, we immediately shifted to remote. We were, you went, you came to our Women of Influence Awards in Orange County for our National Women of Influence Awards in November, and we were one week out and two weeks out for our San Diego and Orange County Awards when the stay-at-home orders came down. And we were like, what, I've never had to postpone an event in my entire life running and starting Connected Women of Influence. So I, I, you know, testament to you because I think that is what I hope so many of us can learn of just the determination and the grit and the staying power and perseverance that happens, you know, with so many organizations and business and industry and especially nonprofits, you know, and heart-centered businesses. And that's a testament to you and your staff. So Totally agree. And if that was your magic moment, I have to say I was surprised at how many of our members just immediately you thought, oh, this will be over quickly. And yet going through the whole year of, of going, oh, this, this stuff's here to stay for a while, right, and watching how we all just kind of like connected with each other to, you know, bring value to one another was an amazing feat. So good for you guys. That is amazing for you as a leader. I do. I know we're on a limited time, but I want to talk about the future of PanCam. And, you know, one of the biggest questions is always, how can people get involved? How can we support you? How can our listeners support you? Um, we have a link to your website that's on our show page. But if somebody wants to reach out or they have questions, um, Julie, how do you want people to reach you or connect with you? 
Yeah, definitely please go, you know, to pancan.org to learn more about what the organization is doing. Um, you can also call our office and get directly connected to, to me. One of the things that we're really excited about um, coming up in 2022, um, we historically, our 59 Purple Stride Walks have been held on different dates in different communities around the country. And, you know, with COVID, kind of back to that topic and, and thinking about what is the future when, when the pandemic is over and we come out of this, how do we make our walk events different? How do we sort of up the game? How do we, you know, continue to engage people? And so we decided um, that in 2022, we would have, we would have Purple Stride on one big day. So all 59 Purple Stride events are being held on April 30th, too, in 59 communities all across the country, um, as well as an opportunity for people who don't live in those communities to participate in a virtual way on our PanCan USA team. So um, we're really excited. It's giving us an opportunity to sort of market and advertise the walk, you know, in a big way versus in 59 different communities, but sort of everything's happening on the on the same date. So a way to hopefully elevate fundraising, but also, you know, just as important to elevate the, the awareness and the visibility about our organization as well as about the disease. So I would love for wow. people who are listening to get involved and to, to find a Purple Stride, um, you know, in your, in your area um, and come join us on April 30th. I love that. So, hey, well, that's what the message to listeners, right? If you're in a, an area and you want to be involved, reach out to PanCam. And what's the main phone number, Julie, if you can share that on our show? It's, it's 877-2-PANCAM. Love it. Say it one more time, just to repeat. 877-2-PANCAM, P-A-N-C-A-N. And that's N is in no, N is in Nancy, right? Pan, can, make sure. I love Correct. that. We Correct. only got a couple of minutes left, and I, you know, I always like to end on a high note. I mean, wow, what you've learned. It's like I think so many of us see the world a lot differently as we are kind of coming through COVID and we look at things much differently and have a different importance and passion to things. You know, for you, what what is how are you looking at the future for PanCam? Is it looking at new ways to do things? Are you, paint the picture for us for the future of it. What do we got? What do you see? Yeah, I, you know, I think there are some things that are still going to work great, and there are other things that we need to think differently about um, as we need to do regardless of whether there was a you know a pandemic or not we need to continue to evolve as an organization. I think for me the last two years you know, as we watched a vaccine be, you know, created for all of us in sort of record yes, time right? for COVID, yes. we, I know it's possible to accelerate the rate of progress in the research field. And so I think for me, it just, you know, sort of put the pedal to the gas for, on, for that, for me, that we need to continue to push for, against the things that everyone says, that's not the way the industry works, that's not the way we create new drugs, um, and that PanCam's job is to break down those walls and accelerate that rate of progress. Um, and we've seen it, we saw it all, all of us saw that, that it is possible. Um, so, you know, I think for, for me, that's, that's 
we are on the right track. We have the right vision. We've launched actually two of our largest research initiatives ever in the middle of the pandemic. Wow. Um, so there were challenges around all of that. Um, and there's going to continue to be challenges. The, the way that, you know, um, the, the, the number of stakeholders that are involved in, in research and, and developing new drugs it is not easy, but it's, but it is also doable and it's the role of an organization like PanCan to overcome those challenges and accelerate the rate of progress. So um, that's what I see in our future um, is, is just pushing things I love along. that. Just, even from your voice, I can hear your excitement. So I love that. I love that when, you know, you talk about the future because I, like I said, man, we see things very differently and I can see why you are leading the charge at your organization. I've only got another quick minute, so I'm dying to know. I mean, I imagine there's people that are listening right now or that will be listening on the podcast side of our show. And I'm, you know, curious. It's like if people want to get involved, it's like what are, you know, we're always, I imagine, as a nonprofit, you're looking for volunteers or people to get engaged. I know you mentioned the um, the Purple Stride walks and on April 30th, 2022, to make that a national thing and have them coordinated all over the U.S. But are there other ways for people to get involved or support PanCan um, as an individual that wants to volunteer or support it somehow? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're desperately in need of more funding so that we can find an early detection test for pancreatic cancer and new treatment options. So people can go to pancan.org to make a, make a donation. Um, we have volunteer affiliates in communities all across the country where people can volunteer in their communities, help us with our uh, National Purple Stride Walk. Um, if you're in Los Angeles, we have volunteers who come into our office, um, you know, here. So there's lots of ways that, that people can be involved and be engaged, and you can find a lot of that information at pancamp.org. Very cool. And again, we've got the link on our show page. So um, my last question to you is, well, two actually. One, it's like, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share or that you want to have me ask um, just to our listeners? Yeah, and maybe actually an important message is PanCan does have an amazing patient services program for anyone out there that is currently dealing with pancreatic cancer or has a family or a friend who is dealing with pancreatic cancer. Please use our services. They're free of charge. Um, the, the, the patient or family member can get connected to one of our case managers who can provide information about treatment, about clinical trials, about finding a specialist in their area. It's an amazing program and resource, and so I would really encourage anyone out there that needs it to please utilize our services. And, again, that number is the 877 number, Julie, that you shared earlier. Cor you know, you're co Correct. Yeah. Yes, yes. Got it. One get, more time. Get I know to you're everything be, like, at can. Eight seven seven two pancan. I love it. All right. Well, I'm I'm asking you to leave us on a high. So, as something you can share with us that's inspiring or motivational or just the Julie of you, because you are quite you know uplifting. I do know that in my interaction with you, and from what I read about you in a file for our National Women of Influence Awards, what's something you can leave us with that all of our listeners will just feel like, hey, you know, I got this just for today. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no I think just never never give up, right? There are lots of hard things that everyone is dealing with. In our case, we're dealing with one of the most difficult cancers, pancreatic cancer. But we are making progress, sometimes incremental progress, but progress every single day. And so no matter what's in front of you, stay positive, have a plan, 
move, work towards your goals, um, and, and good things, I think, will happen. I don't think that's called drop the mic. Bam. There you go. I just want to say thank you to you. That's awesome. I do think perseverance is one of the best things we can ever have is never give up. So agree completely, my dear. I definitely see why um, you are who you are as the leader you are. I would love for all of our listeners, please reach out and support PanCan just because they're doing amazing things. And if any of you have ever been touched, you know, as someone who has pancreatic cancer, it is, it is just, heart-wrenching. No other way to say it. So we're hoping that something comes with all that research that you're doing. So please support them. Uh, to our listeners, thank you so much, you know, for being loyal. And Julie, thank you for being our leading lady today. Um, to everyone, we're here every Mondays, Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Pacific time, along with um, we are moving very quickly to a daily show. And to all of our listeners, after this show, you can listen on any of the subscription channels like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on all of them. So you can listen to all of our shows. And it is the holiday season, so I do hope that all of you will take a moment um, and just reach out to somebody that, you know, maybe you can provide a spark to their day or make them feel better. And a smile is always one easy way to do that. But please support other women because we're all about women's empowerment here. So to that, I hope all of you have a wonderful holiday season, and we will be back again for another Womenly Radio Show. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. 